What happens when God's people turn their eyes to Jesus in a season of prayer? They fall more in love with him, and his love falls on them. They see how God moves in his kingdom as their hearts tune into what he wants for their lives and this troubled world. They are inspired and emboldened, for they have been in the very throne room of God. They have fixed their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. Remain in my love. I am the way and the truth and the life. Press deeper into the heart of the Father to pray and to be what His will is. We will be people of intentional, spirit-filled prayer that is not bound by time, expectation, or limitations. It was one of the most memorable moments of grace in college sports, (laughs) but it wasn't graceful. It was filled with grace, however. Girls softball 2008 divisional playoffs between Central Washington and Western Oregon. The winner would advance to the division playoffs and the loser would hang up the gloves and go home. And on this perfect April afternoon, under the blue skies of the Cascade Mountains, Sarah Tikulski of Western Oregon came to bat. Two runners on. The game and the season could be decided here. But Sarah wasn't a great hitter. (laughs) And only a 183 batting average. But on that Saturday, she connected with a curveball and sent it sailing over the left field fence. (laughs) This would be the game winner. And never in her 21 years had Sarah hit one over the fence. So she did not have her home run trot in order. She was gazing it all over the left field fence uh, when she rounded first but missed the bag. The base coach shouted for her to come and tag up. But when she turned quickly, she felt something give in her right knee. She buckled and she went down in pain, crying. She crawled back to first base. She had torn her ACL. Her knee was out. She could not stand, much less walk, to round the bases. But her coach made sure that no teammate touched Tukolsky because to do so would have automatically disqualified her. The game paused. The umpires huddled. The ruling would be that if Sarah could not make it around the bases, two runs would score, but she would be credited only with a single. She would not score. And then came the moment of grace. Mallory Holtman, the powerful first baseman for Central Washington, said words that brought a chill to everybody who heard them. Would it be okay if we carried her around so that she touched every bag? The umpires huddled and said it would be legal if an opposing person on the other team 
did so. So Mallory and Liz, the shortstop, lifted Sarah with hands crossed under her and carried her to second base and gently lowered her so she could touch the base. Liz and Mallory started to giggle, and so did Sarah, even though she was crying. And the three of them continued this odd procession to third base and to home and to a standing ovation. Grace had won that day. Two girls who didn't have to, who had plenty to lose, stepped up in the gap and they helped someone else get home. Because of grace, they interceded. Intercession. What is an intercessor? He or she helps you get where you cannot get on your own. An intercessor stands in the gap for you. An intercessor is a bridge builder, a mediator. And in the Bible, the word is priest, putting the two together. And you see, we need an intercessor because you and I, we've stumbled. Uh, We've fallen. It's not a torn knee, but it's a torn relationship. Our sin has stopped us in our track. And if it were only by our own power that we would be able to get around and get home to God, we would be lost. It could not happen. And if our answer was, if we just try harder to earn that relationship with God uh, by our own merits, it would not only be more painful, but it would be impossible. It would be a crawl, not around the bases, but through the miles of our lives, and we will never arrive. You see, we need an intercessor who lifts us up and carries us home based on what he has done so that he might bring us to the Father. And if you're like me, maybe you've tried to fill that hole in your soul with a sense of your own significance, your own importance, that voice that says, well, wait a minute, my life matters, and I can prove it to you by what I can do or the things I can own or the relationships that I can have, but they disappoint time and again. And again, the call goes out for an intercessor. An intercessor who by the price he pays for us shows how much our lives matter. Jesus is the intercessor we need. The key verse for today is this. Christ Jesus died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us, Romans chapter 8, 34. Today's goal is to receive the intercession that Jesus has for you. And because of that, to join him in interceding for others and carrying them 
in your prayers to the very throne room of God. We are in the prayer series. Two weeks ago, Pastor Greg kicked us off. And in prayer, we come to know God and love God and lean into God. And as we do, our fasting becomes feasting because we get closer to Him. And last week, Mike demonstrated that prayer is not just for asking things, but prayer is a way that we come to the centering of our life where we get the, the life spring of Jesus Himself. And today we encounter Jesus as the intercessor. He carries us home to the very throne room of God. Here and now, spiritually, we can be with him. And Jesus intercedes there through the one-time offering of his life for us and intercedes daily for us in all of our needs. And as a result, we too intercede in Jesus' name. Let's examine these three privileges we have in prayer. The first is that we come to understand Jesus intercedes through the one-time sacrifice of his blood. My wife and I enjoy taking walks on a gravel road by a pasture filled with sheep. When we go by, I can't help but to go, Meh, of which there's a chorus of meh back, but especially two little lambs that come to the fence and they say, appropriately enough, meh, meh, to which I say meh, and they say meh, and to which I will say meh. And then I'm wondering, who's going to get the last meh? Because anytime I say meh, they say meh, and I want to say meh back. So I ultimately, my wife convinces me, just say meh and leave. Well, I imagine that those two little lambs have names. The owners probably know their personalities. Uh, they're charming. They're also just one of those lambs. They're, they're white. Uh, they remind me of the Passover lambs. They were called tamim. That means that they were pure, unblemished, undefiled, without spot. They were innocent. And no doubt they were raised in the family that knew them as pets. And what an emotional tug it would be to know that these lambs on Passover would be killed and their blood poured out. And on that first Passover night, that blood would be spread over the doorpost because by the spilling of innocent blood, there would be a Passover from the angel of death and a Passover into life and freedom in God. Throughout the Old Covenant, the shedding of blood is a symbol of the giving of life. And without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. And so it was on the most high and holy day in the Old Covenant calendar, the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And on this day, the high priest, in his new once-a-year ceremonial garment, which... <coughs> 
It's called the Ketel because it reminds people of a burial cloth. Because this is such a solemn occasion and the sin deserves death. He presents the price of sin in two bowls of blood, one of a bull and one of a goat. He takes it into the holy place. And behind the curtain is the Holy of Holies, only to be entered into one day a year. And he enters there and he applies the blood to the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle. And also in the temple, it was the same. The blood that had to be paid for his sin just to enter. And then the blood of the people. It was so revered, by the way, that they tied a rope around his ankle in case the holiness of God in this very uh, throne room, if you would, of God would overwhelm him and he would die so they could pull him out. Every year it was necessary to repeat this because God was telling a story of what would come in the new covenant. The new covenant is the Brit Hadashah. And this is a covenant that's new, not because it's closer in time to us, but it's new because that word means it has newness, it has freshness, it brings life. And in the new covenant, Jesus fulfills that Lamb of God, that innocent, that pure, that one who could take away our blemishes, the one whose blood would be poured out and brought into the Holy of Holies as a sacrifice, not yearly, but once and for all. When Jesus hung on the cross and the blood was poured out, he finally said, it is completion. The sacrifice is complete. And that temple curtain in the Holy of Holies split in two, for then access was given to all those in this Brit Hadashah, this new covenant that we live in, that we have access into the very presence of God through the sacrifice of our mediator, our intercessor, Jesus so listen to these words, Hebrews 9, beginning at verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, not part of this creation. He was entering a different spiritual reality because this was before all of creation in heaven, the clear, the the uh, once and for all final verdict against sin uh, that he presented in the Holy of Holies of Heaven. He did not enter by means of blood of goats or calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Here's the picture. We picture Jesus carrying us 
to that place that we now have access because he's gone before us with his sacrifice. And in the very throne room of God, we can picture the reality that we are seated with him there because of that. And each of our prayers then are offered in the same way. And that brings us to a type of boldness that we can have because of the complete efficacious sacrifice of Jesus. But there's more. It's not just the one-time intercession of his life for us, but it's the ongoing intercession that Jesus presents even in that holy of holies, that throne room of God right now. Jesus intercedes through his prayers for you even now. Throughout Jesus' earthly life, he was interceding for his disciples continually. And as such, oftentimes in times of trial or struggle, he knew they needed his prayers. After the feeding of the 5,000, he told them to go across the lake. He went up on the mountain to pray, and a storm came up. I'm sure that he was interceding for them because he was led at that time to actually walk across the water and give them a rescue and a sense of trust in him in such times of trial and difficulty. And when Peter boasted that, though everyone else will fall away, I will not, Jesus said, I've been praying for you, Peter. You will, but I've prayed that that shame would not drive you away, and it did not. And Jesus prays for you and for me. And we even get a picture of that in John 17, the high priestly prayer, prayed on that night of his last supper with his disciples where they could hear him praying for them. And we can hear him praying for us. These are his words. John 17, beginning in verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So he's praying not only for those disciples, but also for us who believe as a result of their message. And what is he praying? That we're going to have a oneness, a oneness from his love, a oneness in his purpose to live that love out to him and to each other. How is that possible? He goes on. May they also be in us. May they be connected to us. This is us in Christ, Christ in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And there's a purpose. Now, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. There's a purpose that he has, that he prays for us, that we would be in him and live out that expression of his love to the world. Now, Chris was a nine-year-old boy going through a tough time. It was mononucleosis, and it was summer, so it was very much like the COVID summer that we're going through. This was years ago, however, 
And the doctor's orders were just for him. He was to stay inside. That's difficult for a nine-year-old rambunctious, athletic, outgoing kid. He was told to spend a summer indoors. What? No Little League baseball, fishing trips, bike rides? But his dad sold guitars in his drugstore, so he gave Chris that summer a guitar. And each morning, his dad taught his son a new chord or technique and told him, practice it all day long. And Chris did. And at night, his dad would come and they would check it out. Turns out he had a knack. And by the end of the summer, Chris was playing Willie Nelson (laughs) and even beginning to write a few songs of his own. And in a few years, he was leading worship services And in a few decades, he is now considered the most sung songwriter in the world. And perhaps you've heard some of his music. How great is our God. Holy is the Lord, Jesus Messiah, Chris Tomlin. Well, Jesus interceded for him in a time of difficulty. Jesus intercedes for you in a time of difficulty as well. Trust him. With Jesus, we want to lift others in intercessory prayer. And just like that picture of being held and carried around the bases till home, being held and carried by Jesus to our heavenly home and throne room, intercession is this, joining with Jesus to lift up others to lift up other cares and concerns of others and present them to him. And with Jesus, he carries them. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 6 says it this way, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator, intercessor, between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This now has been witnessed to at the proper time. Because he is a mediator and intercessor, we too join him in interceding for others. I pray that your intercession and your prayer life becomes bold because of this. And just some practical ways to that. Here's some things that I've learned along the way. To have a bold prayer life means spending intentional, committed time with him every day. And for me, that means creating like a sealed off space and time for prayer where I can limit any other uh, distractions. And maybe it's easiest at the first part of the day. But to get up early I need to tell myself the night before that the most important thing I'm going to do that next day is to spend time with God. And if I can just get my left foot off the the bed and onto the floor by 5 o'clock, it's going to be downhill from there. 
And by the time I'm in that time with him, it is some of the best time of the day because it's done with the expectation that I'm encountering him and he has a treasure for me, and he does. It gives me a time to practice intercession for others as well. Supplication for myself, intercession for others. And I find that quickly time passes. And with that, there may be some techniques that help as well. I'd like to encourage you to grow in some of these techniques. Uh, And we help you do that during this month of prayer without ceasing. And you can go online in our... um, in the prayer sets, which are one-hour times of prayer, but you don't have to be there for the entire time. Uh, If you sign up on the website, you'll receive an email that'll give you directions how to do it, and if you're not familiar with Zoom, it'll spell it out for you. And with that, you can enter a prayer set for as long as you would like to stay. You can pray along with people or simply be silent. Have conversation because there's a lot of conversation happening as well as prayer. Some of the topics, for example, this next week, we're going to be joining and praying together for small group ministries. We're going to be praying for Abide Ministry with an interview. We're going to pray with some Middle East missionaries under persecution. We're going to pray with Core and Care Ministry. We're going to pray with John Peter from India. And I talked to him yesterday, and I asked him how much he prays for us, and he he mentioned that his team prays for King of Kings personally every day. We're going to pray for men's ministry, hospital ministry. There's going to be teaching and prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a pattern of prayer or how to pray with prayer partners, how to journal or how to intercede. Take time to stretch your prayer life and maybe above all, pray that you better love others. Because when you love others, you want to give them more than you can, and that's to intercede. The final boldness comes from Romans chapter 8. And if you've ever looked at the circumstances around you and asked, why is this happening? Why is my prayer not being answered the way I want? Perhaps it's the wrong question. Perhaps the question ought to be, who? And with that, we have a newfound confidence. For in Romans 8, it says this. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring a charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus died. More than that, was raised to life and is at the right hand of God, also interceding for us. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither the present nor any powers or height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. Thank you, O Lord, for the gift of Jesus and his intercession for us. Amen.